You're listening to the Let Me Ask You This podcast. The show about everything and nothing. Now, I'd like to introduce two guys that need no introduction. Because you won't know them or remember them. Here they are. Jack Ace and Schwiney. All right, Jackie. <laughs> how you doing, buddy? I'm good, Shawnee. Thank you. Yeah, how's, how's your weekend? Uh, that is <clears throat> not too bad. It was a pretty quiet weekend versus yeah. the rest of the two. I got the two dogs now, so I'm watching them kill each other. Yeah. Every episode, every uh, morning, it's like an episode of Wild Kingdom. So, well, right, we're, we had a little blood drawn a couple of times. Nice. Oh, yeah, it was uh, nice. Very nice. They just play too rough, but yeah. they're bulldogs, so yeah, bulldogs will be bulldogs. They will. We're in the midst of the college football season, so that is really what uh, my Saturday consists, consists of. of. I watched the Tennessee-Alabama game yesterday, and holy shit What happened? I don't know who won. Fucking amazing game. Tennessee beat Alabama. Did they? Yes. Yep. I hate Alabama. I, I think everybody's pretty much done with it. You know what? I don't hate Alabama. I respect Alabama because they have put a hell of a program together. It just gets boring. It is boring. When somebody is atop the standings for so long, I mean... For so long, for so long, and he, and he continues. You know, Saban continues to recruit. I don't know how he does it. It's amazing. He just he. You know, I don't know. I think they have. They pay. <laughs> they pay the most. I mean, it's not just recruiting, right? I think a lot of it is right because when you have the number one ranked class year after Dude, year, how, after, how, year how, after year after year after year, how many years in a row did Texas have that well, under Mac Brown, and they never did anything with it? They had a national championship. One. Yeah, because of Vince Young, and they well they contended for another one when uh, remember oh, when Col- with uh, Col- Colt McCoy and his daddy. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but I don't recru- know. It's all it. Listen, recruiting gets you there, and then the rest is really upon the coach. He's got some program. Yeah. It doesn't work in the pros. No, but he's got some program. Well, I mean, think about it. If the pros, if you had you know the first round draft pick every year, maybe if you had. Let's go a little bit further because his classes, it's like he has multiple first-round draft picks every year. That's what it's like. So, I mean, if you had a pro team that had that, they would be dominating. You know, I think I think what Saban has figured out is his number – if you look at his majority of his NFL players, what are they? Badass. The majority of the guys who've made it into, I mean, a lot of them make it into the NFL. The high round draft picks are always linemen, defensive and offensive. Oh yeah, and that's what he does. Because if you de- if you get that, you only you only need an average quarterback. Yeah, behind center. No, that, I I don't think that's any uh, any secret either. You know, I mean, it, uh, no, but but it, if it, you have big often, beef on the offensive and defensive line, you're going your quarterback will have more time. The how many co- times holes. does a quarterback get? Drafted first, not a lineman. Um, All the time. It depends. Uh, yeah, no, you're right. It, but it All depends the on the skill. Of, I mean, not out of Alabama. And how, and how often do they bust? Not out of Alabama, though, because no, those are game managers. You because know? they're game managers. Yeah. But but I would suggest to you that any quarterback. Except for Mac Jones, I guess, recently. He was pretty good. He was pretty good. Yeah. He's an exception, though. Yeah. The, the, oh, the highly rated quarterbacks, right? Mm-hmm. Are they come from the best teams? That doesn't make a great quarterback in college because you have all the time in the world. Yeah, 
You have the greatest receivers on, in college. You yeah. have the best offensive line in college. No, it's true. You never, you never, you probably don't advance as much at that college as you would at a small school where you're getting your fucking doors blown off and you got to make decisions fast. No, I agree. And, and you know, you look at things like the Heisman Trophy. You know, they typically award it to the best player on the best team, and you know that's ridiculous. Should be the best because, player. Because, like you said, when you have the best offensive line, the best team has the best offensive line yeah. and a decent quarterback. It's an unfair advantage. Yeah, it truly is. And that's, uh, you know, that's why I don't watch the Heisman presentation anymore. It's just a big it's a, scam. It's all a scam. Yeah. But I'm glad that you and I could have some civil discourse around this. Well, it could get we heating, heated if uh, we, we, we started talking about, you know, rivalries. It's not like, Why? well, it's not like you're from Alabama and I'm from Auburn. You know? Yeah, but I like to think that I'm still a a rational and logical human that can have a conversation about it. Whether or not, yes, it's always difficult to separate emotion as we see in today's Fuck society. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, You know what? You're right. I mean. But it is a, it's a dying art. It, it is. And um, I don't know why that is. Um, I, have, I have my theories. You know, I, I probably have a couple of theories too. So let me ask you this. Okay. How do you? Why, why do you think we are in the the cultural situation we are now, where we cannot, as a society, and on some of the most important issues that affect our overall society as a whole, we cannot have. A civil conversation around that. Well, I think. Well, I, I believe. No, I don't believe. I know for a fact that Ooh. you know our leaders are certainly not setting an example. You mean the people who are supposed to work for us? Yes, that we elect and pay. Yeah, salaries. Yeah. Well, they never have. And they so work for themselves. They and and I, this is far too simplistic to be. The only reason, but they certainly, I mean, because not everybody is politically minded, right? But they certainly do not foster the idea of cooperation and open mindedness. No, because because that doesn't get them elected. They need to divide us in order to and and and, and that is kind of where it has started, right? It mm-hmm. started where no, for sure. We don't want to listen to your side. We don't want to listen. To your, we got well. You go into a voting booth, booth, and you you roll your finger down one side of mm-hmm. whatever political party you want to claim as your own. Whatever Which jersey you want to wear, insane. It's insane. So I will tell you, I used to be a diehard Republican, and I used to do exactly that. I'd go in and I'd vote Republican right down the line, and then I realized. Has the Republican Party or any elected Republican ever really done what for me? What has any politician done for any of us? Nothing. Nothing. So why do I give them blind Money? allegiance? I, it, it dry, well, first of all, we're going to drag this back to civil discourse okay. in a second. Okay. Gonna, because this is a whole nother. No, you're right. This is probably a season. Forget about a podcast. Yeah. <clears throat> They don't. They don't do what we need them to do. They're just there to make money. That's right. all. They, that's all they care about. And, so and for us to make believe like they care about our human condition. No, and you what's know what? Going they on, don't. They don't care. They don't. And 
honestly, recently I'm, I've become an independent. I'm yeah, no longer so registered in the Republican Party just because they don't do anything for me. I want to do my own research on yeah. what your politics are yeah. and, and what policies I think you're going to try and get to. But even when they say they're going to do it, they don't do it. Yeah. So you can't even do that. You can't like go by that anymore. Well, this is the, even if you do your own due diligence, your own research, and you find somebody you think values or shares the same values or is going to incorporate policies that you think would make society as a whole better, as a whole. Mm -hmm. You can't trust them to get that done. You can't even trust them to even pursue it. After they get elected, all they start worrying about is the lobbyists and, and getting, getting the next election. Yeah. That's right. And it's just. The system is broken. We're not going to go there today, but they are a big contributor to that. I think also you're starting to see schools are a big uh, contributor to that. In what way? Let's take, um, well, first of all, you're not allowed to bully anymore, which, <laughs> you know, that sounds controversial, <laughs> but that's how sometimes as a kid you kept, you kept things in line. Right now, you're hoping you weren't a dick, but there were a lot less fat kids when I was a young kid. Because I, I remember, I remember I you freaking lost me. On yeah, this well, one. listen, like I remember getting out of the car. Okay, it was a little heavier when I was younger. Yeah, get out of the car and see people. You know, hey, fatty, how many lunches are you gonna have today before noon? You piece of shit. People okay. said that to you. Yeah. Okay, mom. I'll see you later. Thanks for dropping me off. Dude, that's harsh. Yeah, I know. That that kind of explains a lot. That was your mom that said that to you? No, that's fine. All right. Um, so explain that. Well, I mean, college used to be, it used to be um, this place where you would go and you would have your set of ideas and you would be surrounded by people with other ideas, other passions, other um, other prisms through which they view life and society and you would share ideas and you would learn something about the different cultures the different races the different um eco society situations that people were coming from now we have safe spaces in college as soon as you said college i knew where you were yeah, going like you can't you can't have the debate no anymore. you're absolutely right you can't have the debate because if you, if what you're saying I don't agree with, now I, all I have to do is say it hurts my feelings, which I don't know when that came about. It wasn't like sticks and stones <laughs> break my bones. <laughs> names Now all of a sudden names can destroy me, so you need to be canceled because of it. So we can't, I'm not saying we need to uh, prop up hate speech. That is not my, my... No, I understand what you're saying. Point. My point is that we can't keep labeling everything hate speech because then there's nothing to discuss. We can never get there. There are always going to be differences of opinion. We're different people. We're raised differently. We see life differently through the filters that our experiences have lent themselves to. And if I can't get, if I can't, if I can't organically put myself in your shoes, I have to be mature enough to listen to your tale to tell me yeah. what your what your situation is. So then now at least we can start understanding, maybe gain some commonality, and then that's how you link and you, you work through varying differences in opinion by finding that commonality and then you negotiate from there. Yeah. We don't do that anymore. No, we don't. We certainly don't. It's, it's certainly the younger generations 
are not. And oh, I think it's I think it's everybody. I think it's every generation now. Dude, I see just no, as many adults, I, I disagree- especially in politics. You see it. Well, I I think I think there's an undertone of anger. Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with what we, well, the, um, the political situation we talked about where, you know, you don't have to raise thoughtful and coherent arguments. You can use sophistry to push your point and it doesn't matter whether it's, you don't even need facts anymore. No, that's what I'm saying. That's what sophistry is. It's it's a a false argument. And you say, what'd you say was sophistry, sophistry. Yeah. That's a big word. Let's I look. love that word. I've yeah. never heard that word before. Yeah. It's when you, you put act forth like a sophomore. when well, it's when you put forth a false argument to push your point. Even though you know it's false. Yeah. You you are using sophistry. Sophistry. And I think I, I remember when I when I first heard that word, I would hear people in politics, you know, like there's this gigantic issue, but we're not gonna focus on the issue we're just going to focus on focus this on the little the teeny tiny piece of the problem yeah we're going to focus on the symptom and that we can solve easily and, well because it evokes emotion and we're going to just like we're not going to tickle it we're going to pound it until it becomes really inflamed and people are angry and and that's that's what's happening i've watched the political landscape go so polar opposite over the course of my lifetime that I find myself sitting in the middle unrepresented anymore. So, okay, and and, and I don't know if this is on topic, but did it get polarized on while we were growing up or has it always been that way? We're just, we're more in tune because we're, we're paying attention to it now. When we were kids, we didn't pay attention to politics. It, well, you could be right. You could be right. I feel like it's gotten worse, though. I do, too. I, I do feel like it's gotten worse, but I, I always, like like with uh, Halloween scares and, and ki- child abductions, I always wonder, has it always been this bad? We just we just have more information now. We certainly so have more information. Now yeah. news is nationwide versus, if, if you didn't have somebody that was inducted in your hometown, you didn't really know about it. Yeah. Maybe the town over. Yeah. <clears throat> you didn't. You never heard about that. No, it's true. Once we went, well, I think it started with cable news, right? Cable news started to make the world smaller, oh, and then internet, television and, ruins everything. Think yeah. about, it, think about. It. So television. Oh man, this is a very sweet segue. But with television, before cable, your television news was your local news. You had some CBS well, I'm about evening. That. I'm talking news. about television in general because what did tell? Uh, we were watching uh, House of Dragons last night. Okay. Right. Yeah. And everybody there is talking. But they don't have a choice. What are they going to do? It's the, it's you know what I what the hell said eight hundred, A.D. Yeah, they have to sit and talk to each other. So you have the conversations. Mm-hmm. You don't have a choice. You learn things about life. Now you sit in front of a television. That's life as you see it. You you've never witnessed you've never witnessed a train robbery, but you could tell me how one happened. You could tell me about how the cowboys would ride down and up against the tracks, and and that's in your mind yeah. that has become a train robbery. You don't know. You never saw a real train robbery. I've seen several on TV. No, it's funny when you started when we started. I started taking notes about things that popped into my head. One of the things that I wrote down here is reality shows, and the the reason I wrote down reality shows is that well, number one, it's. It's nothing like reality. No, it's all scripted. But it also has taught society to ha- to behave badly. Or, or that bad behavior gets rewarded. Yes. Yeah. That, and that's what I mean. Yeah. Right? Okay. Because a reality show about a good family, you know, that, you know, does the right thing and, 
you know, is morally upstanding and, you know, you know, they they don't have all these scandals. Well, nobody wants to watch that. So we get the Cosby show. Well, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> that was wholesome. Yeah. It was maybe at the time, but Lord of mercy. He's out now. What are you talking about? Is he out? I think he got out. Oh, Lord. Yay. <laughs> that wasn't reality TV. And it really, you know what? That show, you know, that show was at least trying to, you know, to teach people how to behave correctly, to, you know, to have a moral, even though some of the characters, you know, maybe didn't have what they, what society would consider morals. <clears throat> what I... What I will say about this show was that it attempted to teach everyone a positive message. You know, how to how to behave appropriately. It had a positive female role model for young women. You know, the um, I forget her name from the show, but the mother of the family. She was, uh, was she a doctor? No, he was a doctor. He was a doctor. I forget what she, she was did. successful. Though. She was very successful. She was, uh, you know, a matriarch of the family where she was a strong female character. Yeah. And you know, I think that's that was good too. They, but. They, but it was it was a show about the nuclear family mm-hmm. and that that everyone could relate to, who had a nuclear family. Right. If you didn't have a nuclear family, that family didn't look like yours. But now we get shit like Honey Boo Boo. You know, we get uh, teen. You know, MTV has that uh, teen pre, teen moms or whatever. And I, I can't really speak to that because I haven't watched it. But I was just like, what the fuck? Why would we want to watch that? Why is that a good message for people? And I realized it's not. It's fucking televised rubbernecking. It is. You well, know? it's crap. It, it, is, it is the fast food of television. Who the fuck wants to watch truckers drive on ice? I don't know. I think it's... It, what's the difference after, like, the first episode? Oh, yeah, look, the truck slides on ice. Yeah. What's on after? What do you talk about? Like, it's like a documentary... More ice. Well, I guess you have... Really hard, slippery ice. Then you have black ice, and then you have. Does like, anybody die in that show? I don't know. And then, oh, I was just like <laughs> ice truckers. I don't get I it. I mean, you think about it. You never knew that was a job that you got to get this stuff across before well, sure. the stuff. You assume melts. that somebody has to get it there. You, you know, but not across the ice. Okay, <laughs> but why? Why do you want to make that I'm a not, TV I didn't show? Watch an episode. I don't know. If that's what happens. I just made an assumption. I just I don't understand why they feel like. Truckers that we give, you know, we make these truckers who have done nothing to earn this notoriety. We give them a drive on ice. What do you mean? They're the most qualified. They're most qualified to drive on ice. Listen, you can't put me in a truck. You can't put me in a truck and say drive over ice and say truck ice truckers. I'm not not asking why we put these truckers on a show called Ice Truckers. I think that makes sense. What I'm trying to ask is why the hell do we need to see who's watching it? Yeah, who's watching Ice Truckers? Who's watching? Apparently, I guess like multiple seasons. Well, I guess my point about these reality shows is not not that they're immoral, which, you know, to a certain extent they are. They're not there to teach us morality. They're there to show us the car accident on the side of the road yeah. that we're going to slow down and have a look at to see, if, you know, just to have a look. It's televised rubbernecking and it's not meant to be morally redeeming or good value or something that's going to build up society. It's just a big bag of shit. But I'm, I agree. 
but I think that they're. I think we're, we're talking about two different things now. Now we're well, talking my, about the moral capacity of society no, no, versus well, the, the the death of civil discourse. And I I would suggest it. I say before it that. lends it. No, absolutely. Because we we televise and we glorify people behaving badly on these shows, and that's really what it is. It, it they they introduce drama and people blow up and you stomp around, throw and, shit. Yeah, and, this and, is how you should handle conflict. Yeah. Is yelling and throwing things, yeah, because that's what sells, and, and that's what you learn. To, that's how you handle conflict. I also, I also have written down here: cell phones. I think are part of the problem. When you introduce cameras to everybody's life, ra- when you see someone in distress, rather than dropping what you have and running to render you, you, aid, people are bringing up their you, phones. You got I would never do that. You got to get it recorded. You got. I would never. You might. That. You might get some hits. You yeah. might. I don't know. You see it all the time. I mean, you go see viral some, and make some money. Look, some of the most savage attacks we've seen in in our country lately are by people just standing around filming instead of doing something. Yeah. That, that to me is criminal though. That, that to me should be an, but then again, you can't ask somebody to get involved. I would, but there was, there was that attack on the train. The other day. these girls were beating up these other girls who were just riding on the train and nobody did anything. And that's such a state of affairs. And that does. And I think that does that behavior. I think directly goes back to the civil discourse. I, I think that star. I think if you look back, you can go back to the invention of radio, where instead of families talking to each other, they would put on a radio show. So now they didn't have to talk about anything. God, wasn't that wonderful? <laughs> it's gotten only worse, dude. Kids, go watch some. T- go turn on the TV, kids. Go turn on the radio. Yeah, I'm, you're, I'm still back. Oh radio. yeah, I'm at radio. Okay, go and turn listen on. Listen to the Lone the Ranger Howdy Duty radio radio yeah. show. Yeah. Yes, yes. Go listen to the radio. We don't want to have to interact with you. No, that was way before our, our time too, and it was the first. It wasn't way before our time, dude. Yeah, it was, dude. I remember black and white televisions. Well, I remember black and white TV too, but I don't ever remember listening to a radio show. No, because black and white TVs were out when we were. When it, we'll have to do the. Damn it, we should have done that. It doesn't matter. What I'm saying is that's where it started. Then TV came in. Now you sat down. Now you weren't even looking at each other while you listened to the program. Now you're looking at this box. Now the box, you listen, listen, listen. Now the box becomes a teacher. The box becomes, let me tell you what we think. Let me tell you how this family's life is, and it's probably like your family. In the beginning, right, all those shows, all those kids' shows when we were young, they were all about families. No, I agree. I agree what you're saying. I'm not sure that that had a a big impact. I'm just saying how it starts. Yeah. How it starts is we stop talking. We even stop talking as a family, right? So you might, there were families out there. I don't, this wasn't my family, but there were families out there. I know for a fact that parents don't talk to their kids about what's going on in life. Yeah. They don't. Yeah. That doesn't happen in my house, though. My wife and I, we sit down at the dinner. Because you think it's important. We sit down. Well, it is important. It is important. It's the one time of the day that you can actually talk to your kids, find out what's going on in their world. Yeah. And you know what? If they're going to sit there, well, uh, they're not going to sit there and not say a word. We're going to pepper them with questions. They're going to... They're going to interact, and it, it's been that way since they were little. So it's not, it's not like we're trying to pull things out of them now. It's always been something where we interacted. But I mean, that's that's something that we we did because it was important to us. Because you understood the consequences of not doing that. Yeah, early on, though. I mean, I mean, I, I 
genuinely was interested in, even when my kids were in kindergarten, I wanted to know, you know, what are you guys learning? How did you feel about that? You know, what was your favorite part of the day? Did anything make you laugh today? You know, those were the kind of things I asked. So they came prepared to answer my questions. Well, what you started to get them to do was during the day, which is genius, by the way, during the day when something like that happened, then they would make a mental note. Mm-hmm. Oh, I laughed. This was funny. Mm-hmm. I got to tell dad about it later. So mm-hmm. you you reinforce the positive experiences they had during that day. Right on. Two times. One, when you're having the conversation with them. But two, when it happens, she's like making a note, a mental note. So that's that's great parenting right there on your part i think well i will say this though it does not it does not solve the issue no my kids still don't want to talk to somebody at a restaurant they want me to order for them and i won't do it you know and so they've they've become obviously they've become more adept at talking to people but like they don't want to call somebody and talk about you know i'm like this is your deal you know i'm Mm -hmm. not but i I think maybe there are a lot of parents out there who are going to do it. You know, okay, I don't want to fight about it. I'll just pick up the phone. I'll make your appointment. You know, I will, okay, you're having a problem with this teacher? Uh, Let me call your dean at your college and talk to them for you. No, you've got to force people to start interacting. And here's the thing. I think that also, you know, we we covered this in another podcast, but the dumbing down of America. It's all part of it. Well, your ability, your command of the English language helps you to communicate in certain ways, right? If mm-hmm. you if you have a command of the English language and you have a nice vocabulary, you're able to communicate. Especially sophistry. Sophistry. Yeah. And and that and that's just an example. I mean, you either you have the ability to sway people with your words or you are just gonna get the get what's in your head out of your mouth. Okay, but that's interesting because here you are saying you either have the ability to sway people with your words, and I think that that's happening too much. I think we, I think we are much better at that than the other, the most important part, which is listening. Truly, truly, listening has lost. Nobody listens. Yeah, I've got my opinion. Well, and while you're talking, my mom listens to this podcast. So, well, your mom listens. Thank, Thank you, mom. And she's probably pounding her computer screen right now. She's so angry. Yes. I probably used the word sophistry wrong or I'm pronouncing it You better correctly. not be because you just taught it to me. So we have to look it up before I get off this podcast. So I will I look it up. I'll, right. You go ahead and keep talking. I'll look it up for you right now. So, sophistry is the use of fallacious arguments, especially with the intention of deceiving. So politics 101. True. Yeah. Okay. But uh, that does not necessarily... Um, cause the you know cause the decline of discourse or it it plays a role though right it plays a role when you when you can't trust the words that are coming out of somebody's mouth well it's not so much soft well it is sophistry right when our facts when we're not pulling facts from the same place and this is you know this is caused not only by sophistry but also from misinformation right when we can't even agree on on the common base, like our facts. Where are we getting our facts from? Right. If our facts are just so skewed coming from two different places, there's no way that we're ever going to have Agreed. middle ground right. because we can't even, and, and you know what? It's social media that does that. Well, we're not, we're not to social media yet. We're only at TV. Well, we we started talking about radio. And then we went to TV. We talked about TV and then cable. I was done with TV yet. You cable, went to cable TV. before I was off of TV. <laughs> All right, I'm jumping around a little bit. So, 
but that's part of the problem, you know, especially with politics, because the the facts that one side has do not match I don't the facts even think, on the other side. Yeah, I agree with you. But I don't even think that politics is a fair... It, it, it plays a huge role. It divides po- us. Of course it does, because that's how they stay in power. Well, that's what, what causes... But I don't think that's the only thing contributing to this. But if if I'm on the other side of an issue then from you, and our facts don't even line up, and I can't understand why you're so freaking stupid as to not see it my way, and you're over there thinking the same thing of me, There's, it's not going to be civil. I mean... Because there can be, we can't even reach. But don't you think it can be simple? If you and I, you and I have had some heated discussions. We've always left friends. Oh yeah, and and it it, it made both we get we're not threatened by each other. In that in that, I don't think anything you say to me is ill toward. Right. I you know I'm not attacking you. This is just my belief. This is your belief. We're gonna have different beliefs. Why do you have that belief? Why do I have this belief? Let's talk about it. You give me facts. I'm like, is that right? I will go research that even more later. We've lost that ability. So I think. Why? Well, because I feel like. I feel like the divisiveness makes us less open minded. Right. Of course. Because our facts are different from your facts. And if my facts don't align to yours, I'm like, I don't even know where you're getting that from. You're so wrong. You can't. You know, so we can't. We Don't can't. you think it's more of an emotional intelligence thing, though? In other words, to a certain extent, where to a certain where extent, you can't realize that you're arguing emotion. You're not arguing facts, and which is fine. But well, that's the problem. If my you're facts have don't care si- about your emotion. If you're going to have civil discourse, you can't have emotion. It can't be right. based on emotion. No, you can have a emo- You can have passion, but you can't let that passion stagnate your ability to listen to the other side. Too many times in a discussion, and, and this is any discussion, work discussion, anything, even when you're with your kids. If you are involved in in a in a and your spouse too, you're involved in a passionate discussion, emotional yeah. discussion. It can be very difficult to say they're talking, let me listen, instead of formulating my comeback. Oh my God, I'm so guilty of that. Everybody is. Yeah. You automatically, as soon as you you think you know where somebody's going. I'm doing it right now. I know. You stop <laughs> listening. I know you are. You, you're absolutely right. I can't wait to say what you I have to listening. say. stop <laughs> listening. <laughs> I'm thinking of something really good. On the bright side, even your mother does not want to hear what you have to I say. I know she so. doesn't. Thanks, Mom. It, it, we stop listening and uh, just start formulating our defense. No, you're you're absolutely right. Or our counter. Well, I think part of it too is anytime, anytime you're engaging in what would be a persuasive argument or some sort of discourse, you have to have an open mind and be willing, not necessarily to accept the other person's argument, but at least to hear it and to try and understand it. From their point of view. Don't and you it, think the most important thing is to say, I might be wrong. I like, absolutely. Go into a conversation with, tell me why I'm wrong. Because yeah. if I'm wrong, I don't want to be wrong. Yeah. I want to understand what the truth is. Yeah. But I don't think anybody wants to know the truth anymore. They want to know. They So another example of that. Did I cut you off? Are you done? No, I think I think we're, we're hitting on, okay. on some good things here. Look at today. Right? Look at what... 
Think about what this pandemic, how this pandemic has accelerated all of this. Absolutely. And nobody thinks about this. Because there was no common ground. We couldn't figure out what the facts were. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, yeah, okay, now you're on the politics again. I'm trying to stay out of the politics. My point, Schweiny. What I mean by the pandemic is, I'm not even talking about that all that nonsense, like the political nonsense that went along with that. And, and the, I'm not even going to talk about the pandemic. That We'll save that. I'm talking about the, what, what the pandemic has done from a, as far as dividing us as a nation and we don't think about it. We, th- we think about the fact that we're getting um, exponentially divided quickly because it seems like it's ramping up, right? Mm-hmm. We think it's because of the pandemic and our thoughts on the pandemic and that has something to do with it, of course. I really, it dawned on me this week that this whole everybody working from home thing or working from home three, four days a week. Right. I think it's really starting to contribute it because think about this. Work was the one place where you were surrounded by people from all walks of life. True. And you would bump into people and you'd hear about their day and their, their, what they did and, and their experiences and their, now when you meet with your coworkers, it's in a fucking Zoom meeting or a Teams meeting or on a conference call. And there's some pleasantries maybe in the beginning, but you're down to the meeting. You're down talking just about work, 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 work. Boom. People go their separate follow up on the projects, do whatever they got to do after that. No, there is no water cooler talk anymore. There is none of that sharing of shared but different experiences. There, that doesn't happen anymore. No, you're right. So, so what happens is you go your home with your family in your neighborhoods that are very similar with people in your echo chamber, Yep. especially if you're on social media, and you never get differing opinions out. You never hear them. Mm, I see what you're saying. I don't know that I, I necessarily agree. Um, you don't think that impacts it? Oh, I, I'm not I, saying it's, no, it absolutely it does. the only thing. I'm saying it absolutely it's a, does. it's a contributing factor in that we talk less and less. Not only did you go to the office before um, 2020, not only did you go to the office and not only did you interact, but you were required to be civil. So you exercised... Okay. That muscle for civil discourse. You know, you may, you may, uh, well, I, I suppose there's varying degrees of how civil it, it is based on the business itself. But, you know, my, you know, we had a pretty stringent HR policy that harassment was, you know, just a bad thing, you know, and, and fireable offense. Then they didn't have to have much to do it, you know. So you were supposed to be. And, and look, I don't think that that's a bad thing, and I don't, and I, I think it's a sad testament that they have to have that sort of thing to enforce it, you know. But I mean, people should be able to go to work and not have to worry about you know somebody saying something about their ethnicity or their gender or what whatever. But but be that as it may, work was a place where you were forced to be civil. You were forced to not make jokes off color. So how often did that happen? How often did what happen? How often does that happen at, at work prior to now? Prior to pandemic, how often would somebody go to work and be berated for their race or gender? How often do you think that happens? Oh, I think it happens more than you. Uh, I, I'm, 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 that's why I'm asking the question. Because some companies don't give a shit and they won't have those HR what policies. companies don't give a shit? Dude, I don't know. I just know that some of them. That, 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 that's an emotional argument. Like you don't know. You just say I have this. Fe- that's this is my it's point about. Feeling. It's not a feeling. 
This is my point about civil discourse. It's you're, not, you're, you're coming at me with some with information that is not necessarily fact based. It is fact based. There were there were plenty of articles about. I'm asking for how a number. Is it? I 10? don't have numbers. Or is it just high profile? Oh, why? why I'm not your funkin' Wagnall. Fuck. You know, you've got a phone right there. Look that shit up. It's called fucking Google. Oh, mom, I'm sorry. That's inappropriate language. Um, but you understand what I'm saying, though. You know, I'm not. No, absolutely. Well, society in general, right? Part of, part of the deal is that you're gonna you're gonna sacrifice some liberties. You can't do everything you want to do in order to play nicely in society, so that you don't get attacked by a saber toothed tiger. That's like the deal. So recently, I. I made a comment on um, our chat system at work oh, that I got taken to task for. <gasps> yeah. Are we going to hear about it? Yeah. I'll tell you what. It, it was pretty tame, you know, but it was after, you know, the shooting at uh, that oh, Uvalde. Yeah. All I said, someone someone oh, mentioned God, it. Dude. Said, what, what? <laughs> it's a hot stove already. I don't even is. know where it went, and I can't believe you commented on this. I, my, my comment was pretty benign. At least I thought it was benign, but I Let got... Me, I'm going to be objective. Go ahead. Okay. All I wrote was... And I'm not a daisy. How many more times does this hap- have to happen before things change? That's all I said. I didn't call for anybody to, to lose their gun rights. I didn't call you know, for anything other than... What, what, what do you want to change? I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not. Again, I'm not. I'm not trying to. Well, I, I think there are certain things we can do with gun laws, right? I think what we can we c- close close some of the loopholes where you can <laughs> buy a just gun. Enforce with, them. How about you enforce the laws we have in the books? That would be good. Do too. that. If you well, did that, dude. Who's the only people following laws are the law-abiding citizens? So you know, there was a big, big shitstorm after that happened, and, and we're getting off course here. But I mean, no. again, gun rights is a perfect people, example of civil discourse. You know, typing on Facebook that you can, you can go into a store, any store in Texas, and buy a gun in, that day and walk right out with no background check. And I'm like, that's just not freaking true. true. That's just not true. It's misinformation. I know it is. And, you know, and I call these people out. It's like, that is simply not true. No. Now, it's easy for you to say when you're saying that from, you know, uh, Montana or wherever you live. But in Texas, if you go and you buy a gun, you know that that is not true. No. And, I, you know, what is true is that you can go to a gun show and buy a used gun from a private seller with no background check, no registration, no nothing. It's just like, hey, Jackie, do you want to buy this pen? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you're supposed to register it, but, you know, I'll just leave that to you. You know, five bucks, it's yours, and then you can do whatever you want. I don't Wait, you're not a bad person, are you? No, you seem like a good guy. Here, I'll send you my pen. You know, that's... I, I I am fine with making sure people do what they need to do. Do it the proper way. Button up those... I'm fine with that. My, my issue is that... It's not going to stop. Most of the time... And we could do a whole show on guns. And I've got the statistics for you from the FBI... That you can go through and you say, I "Oh, I don't want you that. bringing facts." Yeah, I know. <laughs> the 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 problem is, the more the more laws gun laws you have, I will follow them. I'm a law abiding gun citizen. Mm-hmm. However, I'm not the one shooting up places. No, no, I agree with you. It's the people who are getting these guns and doing bad things. If it's not a gun, if they can't get their hands on a gun, they're going to do something else. They're going to get a truck. They're going to mow people down. 
the the thing that stops a bad guy with a gun is the first good guy with a gun that shows up. Mm-hmm. Now, that being said, I am also a firm believer if you are going to have a gun and you especially are going to be a con- have a concealed license, you better, f- one, practice, mm-hmm. two, know what the hell you're doing, and I'm not talking to go going to a gun range and shooting at a target that's five feet away. Yeah, that's good, important. Get your get your muscle memory down. What you need to do is fucking do a hundred yard sprint, do twenty five push ups, and then shoot at something because that's what your heart's going to be doing if there's an intruder in your house. And now you got to shoot. Yeah, they, not when there's nobody sitting there and you got headphones on and it's perfect conditions and you got this this little silhouette five feet away that isn't moving right. and causes you no danger. Right. That's a big difference from when there is somebody in your fucking house trying to slit your throat. Yep. There are actual courses where you can you can learn firearm proficiency under stressful That's, conditions. Yeah, I wanted to start that. Damn it! Yeah, it's already existing. It's pretty cool. I bet it is. Yeah, I haven't I haven't done it, but a friend of mine did it, and he explained to me everything they did. Like they scared the shit out of you. Yeah, well, it's kind of like serious training. It's like there are three targets behind you, right? And each one has a number on it. And you have yell out the numbers. Well, you know, they, they have the number on the target and you have to put the number of shots into the target that are on that. Sl- and um, you don't know how many rounds you have in your magazine, um, but you have multiple. So somebody else has put uh, rounds in your magazine, but you don't know how many are in there. But they they've told you you will have to reload at least once during during this round. Right. So and then you turn around and you locate the targets and then you start um, start firing. And then I think you have and then they like will be thro- someone will be throwing things at you. So you'll have to dodge things, you know, and it's, uh, it's just it's pretty intense. But is anybody shooting back at you? No, not not in this. No, okay. I should be. <laughs> I don't think that would be. Yeah. You 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 are with another classmate who is on the other side. That makes it real. There's there's a target to either side of you. Yeah, no, that's that's uh, yeah. It does it makes it uh, dangerous as hell? That's why I always didn't support the show Survivor because everybody walked away. Mm. There's only been one. I'm just saying. Kind of like uh, Squid Game. Oh, Squid Game. <laughs> Sick as that was. Uh, do you think it has to do with? Okay, so. Do you have? Do you think it has anything to do? Well, no, because that's. I hate. I hate saying it's the younger generation. Although. No, I don't think it's younger generation. I, I don't. I, I think that. Well, let me just say this. Okay. I I feel like the economy in certain aspects makes us negative about the the way things are today. <laughs> you think? Oh uh, yeah, I absolutely do. But it's not just the the current the current performance of the economy i think it's the the wealth gap right i think since what did they say since 2020 or in 2020 the ratio of ceo to worker salary was something like 20 to 1 and today it's like 350 to 1 like so the wealthy have gotten much wealthier over the last 20 years i mean exponentially wealthier yeah and the poor the poor have become much poorer their you know their dollar doesn't go as far especially today now that we have inflation going on and i think it creates anger and when you have anger 
you're going to have a lack of civil discourse because people don't they don't want to hear excuses they want to hear solutions totally agree but but again you're you're going to two different things i think you're going to more politics now no not necessarily i'm talking i'm talking about just in general people are angry People are very angry. I mean, after the pandemic, people got very angry. No, I agree. I, I, and, and I don't and think that's changed. I don't think they. No, it, it was nothing to bring them out of their anger. No, and and uh, the middle class has gone away. Middle class is gone, and that's what that's it's what the politicians want. Because we, why would they want that? Why do the politicians want that? Yeah, because we were the ones that kept them in check. Middle class kept them in check. Middle class was the buffer. If it's now rich and poor, now. We realize, motherfucker, it is. Dude, a that's class what revolution. Warfare. That's what I revolutions know. are made of. Well, Why would they want to get rid of the middle class? Because they think we're compliant enough to listen. Why? Why do you think that? Whatever you think about January sixth, right? Mm-hmm. Why do you think that the parties are united at hammering every one of those guys? Because they're like, holy fuck. They just need to figure out. It's like we it's just like, realize that our democracy, our democracy is paper thin and it all it takes is a few whack jobs to go and derail the in, entire thing. Are whack jobs? Well, impassioned. Uh, I, I mean, are they, are they whack? if you feel like you're and, and I'm not saying, look, I, I think you can peel back the onion on January 6th all you want. What I'm saying to you is. There needs to be a fucking reckoning. I'm not saying all-out civil discourse from civil war. What I'm saying is they have forgotten what their role is. Oh, for sure. They call themselves leaders. You're not a leader. No, they're not. You work for me. You don't lead me. You make laws. You represent me. You represent me. You do not lead me. And that is the fucking problem. Our founding fathers, first of all, you can disparage them all you want. They were genius. And that they created a document that is still very relevant today. Yeah, two hundred years based on all the technology that is the way society's about. That document is still relevant. The Congress was supposed to be one and done. You go, you represent. You were the rep. You're the House of Representatives. You represent the people. You were not a. You were not a career politician. They didn't want the the founding fathers didn't want that because they knew what would happen. They knew this would happen. Yeah, but they should have done something about term limits. You, they absolutely should. But what happened? They had term limits. What happened? The legislatures, the House of Representatives, say, "Yeah, we don't really need that. Let's get that to it." When they have a comp, they all had the the. Uh, Did they start with term limits on? Yeah, they were supposed oh. to do one term, six years, one term. Really? I don't know. I'll have to look that up. I think so. I think there were no term. All I know is the House of Representatives were supposed to be the common man coming to represent the republic. Mm -hmm. The senators were the professional politicians. These were the career politicians. The House of Representatives were supposed to give the people the voice. The senators were supposed to be, okay, but this is really how we need to kind of manage what you guys think and then how that works into the, the overall effect of what's best for the country. And then the president always had term limits. Mm, not, but, not initially. But Cong- no, not initially. Right? Right. They would let Washington go third, but he said, I'm going to stop it at two. Yeah, but they didn't even put it in then. It wasn't yeah, right. until, right. what was it, Roosevelt uh, served four terms? Mm-hmm. Not Teddy. I think they suspended it for Roosevelt. I think it was already in place. Oh, did he? I think they suspended it for Roosevelt because of World War II. Okay. But we can research that. Anyway, regardless, the Congress, they're, they're, now they're career politicians too. 
And I think I think they were I think there were good people who go to serve, and then we got to get back on topic. We can go off into government too much. There were good people who go to serve, but I feel like that sets our example. We, you know, they're not capable they of civil do, discourse. Uh, but I think it's deeper than that. They I, have the rules. There, there are of, kids that aren't the kids aren't talking, and and I don't know if it's the politicians driving that. But kids don't talk anymore because they don't learn how to talk. They don't learn in college to how to how to listen to somebody. The the problem is not that we aren't talking. The problem is that we're not listening. No, you're absolutely right, and it's not just the kids. And and no, it's not the kids. Hold on a second. Let's stop for a second. Let's just say that again because I feel like I think you just cracked it open. I mean, we I can we can. A big secret. Well, I I think it is because when I mean I'm sitting over here trying to think why can't we communicate anymore? Well, we're angry, we're divided. The fact is, we're not listening. We're not listening. We're talking. Nobody's li- everybody's talking. Nobody's listening. Because and I think that makes you mad because <laughs> you're not. It being does heard. make me mad because I mean, what's the point in talking if you're not going to be heard? So your voice doesn't matter. If but, it go, but it goes back listening. to the political thing, right? If if the political forces that are out there now, we have two parties. If both parties are always going to paint the other side as villains, now we're being now uh, we we've even gone to the point where you've got one party calling the other ones fascist worse than Hitler. Really? Yeah. Really? Mm. Fascist worse than, because they're patriotic. Because they 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 are proud of their country and what it used to stand for, those people are fascists. I don't think that's the reason they're calling them fascist. Why are they calling them fascist? Well, they did parade the rebel flag throughout the capital. They do. They, they, they have a couple, lined yeah, listen, with neo Nazis. I mean, dude, come on. No, yeah, you're just you're painting, you're t- But no, no. See, you're doing the you're doing the polit- political game. You're painting painting everybody. No, 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 no. With no, that same brush. No, I'm not. Were there were there were there white supremacists in there? I don't know. Yes, there were. And uh, were man, they plants? Hell, if I know. Right. Look, that's my point. I'm not we trying to know. say that there weren't patriots there. It's the politics there, of it. But we don't know. We don't know. You're right. I know some. Do you know somebody was there? I uh not personally no. I know somebody was there. Oh yeah, yeah. Have they, they been fun. arrested? Everything was fine. No, they were, did they go inside? The, no, they didn't go inside. Well, that's. It's did one. you have you seen the video from inside? Did it really look like they were burning down George Washington? They were setting that Capitol fire. Most of them were just like walking around, going, "Oh fuck, look, I know that." Taking a picture. John Adams statue. Yeah. That's yeah. all they were doing. They were no, fucking touring. Most no, of I them. know, but they they no, actually, people were killed. Nobody was killed. So. They forcibly Except for entered. Ashley Babbitt. She was killed. Oh, yeah, she was. That's unfortunate. It was unfortunate. But, I mean, the dude had his gun drawn. She's busting through a window. And she wasn't busting through a window, dude. She was telling him, you got to stop these people. She was climbing through the freaking window when she got shot. I don't think she was. Dude, I've seen the video. Of her getting shot? She of was her climbing get- through the window? She was climbing through the window. First, she broke that window. And, and, and they had that door barricaded from the inside. Because that was the chamber, right? I think you might be misleading. Look, look, anyway, no, I'm no, like no. It, I'm, well, I'm telling you what I've seen. I don't seen. want to go because okay. we just lost half our audience because they're not listening. Anymore. Okay. Well, see, that's the problem. That's why we're, we're having. But, 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 they're not but, li- but look to your point. In that case, what is the truth? How did it go down? Yeah. When you hear people were killed, when you oh the people were killed, they don't talk about Ashley Babbitt. They're talking about the Capitol Police officers. None of whom were killed that day. One was. No, he was not. Yes, he was. He was crushed. 
He was not crushed. It's a lie. It's not. It's not. He, there was nobody killed that day so, except for Ashley Babbitt. So they said that there was one guard that was killed that day or true? died from his injuries, and then there were uh, several, like four suicides. Look it up. It's not true. Right. Four suicides later. I'm looking it up. Suicides later. I am looking it up right suicides now. Suicides later. Yes, you're right. Nobody was killed that day except for Ashley Babbitt. Somebody was supposedly hit with a fire extinguisher. They did not die that day either. I'm looking at. I'm gonna, should I pause? Let me pause. pause it. Stand by. Well, we need we need an assistant who can Google shit for us. Okay, so you did the research. The, the article I found said that in the days and weeks that followed, yes, uh, not denying that that uh, there were five police officers who had served at the Capitol. But how many away. cops died that day? Um, and you know I support the police. They're not really so. They're saying Brian Sicknick, who was he died on January seventh, who was he was attacked by the mob. They didn't say how how and why he died. Okay, but he, but he, you thought that there were multiple deaths on by by cops, right? That, I, that was your impression that there were just your impression. I'm not saying you you were ready to die in that mountain, but your impression was that there were multiple police killed. No, I didn't say. I I thought um, at least one died on the site that day. Okay, I don't think we'll ever know what happened that day. What I do know is that people's rights were violated. That both Republicans and Democrats. I'm not saying that they had a right to break into the Capitol. Not my point. My point is that even if they did, they should still be treated under the same laws that rule this land. You have people that have been jailed since then that have not gone to trial yet. That it goes against our Constitution. Secondly, I think one of the reasons that both parties jumped up against that was because they were both like, OF, because I don't want to curse on this show, the answer learning <laughs> that us grasshoppers are just taking. I mean, fucking look at Bugs Life. Is it Bugs Life? Is that the one with the grasshoppers? Yes. Look at Bugs Life or, that, or ants, ants, whatever. Yeah, I think no ants. Ants was the one with Sylvester Stallone. Bugs Life was the one where the grasshoppers were taking their food. I think it was ants. It was, all right, whatever. They were taking. They were making the ants gather all the food. Okay, so, but that's our politicians, right? The politicians yeah. are grasshoppers. You work for us. You do us. Blah blah blah. You right. just keep giving us money. We're gonna take your money. We're gonna feed it into all of our special projects. Then I'm gonna use it to get money from overseas. To line my pockets because that's all politicians care about. So they saw the the ants going. Oh, there's a line in that. There's a line in that movie too, where one of the grasshoppers says to the head grasshopper, "Hey, you know, they outnumber us." And he smacks me. And he goes, "Yeah, I know they outnumber us. Shut. The if hell they up. ever figured that out, that yeah. they could overwhelm us, we're done. So you got to be bully them. You got to keep them in their place." Because they'll figure it out. Well, that's what they're afraid of. They're afraid we'll figure it out and go, what the fuck are you doing? You, I don't work for you. You work for us. And you're not working. Yeah. And that's the biggest fucking problem with the government. It has, I don't know. And, it, and they do utilize the absence of civil discourse to promote that agenda. Because if you label everybody as racist and fascist and... Um, um, unholy or immoral or whatever 
you want to call them. If you if you label people and you pit them against each other, now you're not looking at them. For sure, that that is part of the problem. That's part of their plan. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. So, if you can convince people that, or if I can convince you that I'm not your problem, that They're it's your problem. That guy over there is your problem. You know, but your neighbor is your problem. So I'm going to pit you against your neighbor because it's much easier if you're fighting with him than if you're looking at me. But that, I mean, that that explains, you know, anger. But does that explain why we just don't have the ability to speak to people anymore? Yeah. Well, no, no, no. You're going the political way. Well, some of it is that, yes, we're all talking and nobody's listening. And so when nobody's listening, you feel like your voice isn't being heard. And that that gives off emotion. I mean, because you in order to have discourse, it it means that there has to be a two way, you know, back and forth. And maybe that's where social media comes into play. Right. Because social media has given voice to people that maybe shouldn't have a voice. Not that they don't deserve a voice, but if you're going to have a voice, you need to be somewhat responsible in what you're saying. Yeah, and social media allows you to be anonymous. Say whatever you want. Yeah. So I could just, I want to have my voice. I don't really know much on the topic. I have my opinion and I want you to hear it, even though it's not well informed. Right. No, you're absolutely right. And, and, and sometimes those messages. And if I'm an influencer. Well, sometimes those messages are only to incite and not to, not to really have discourse. And I'll give you a prime example. This is maybe somewhat simplistic, but. Um, you know, the football team that I root for lost a very um, winnable game yesterday. And they I'm sorry to hear that. Well, it is what it is. Um, As did mine. But, you know, social media gives all these uh, mouth breathers the ability to go out there and just spew their opinion, whether it's fact-based or not, you know. And does our defense suck? Yeah, it probably does. But I don't need to hear you say it. You know, I know it sucks. I can see what we're putting on the field. I don't need to have, you know, everybody, call, you know, calling for the coach's head. And it's just it doesn't doesn't get you anywhere. So it's that's just, a, that's an interesting detour. It's an uh, interesting well, I mean, exit it's, you just took because what did you just describe? You just described somebody having a, a, an opinion that is uninformed necessarily. Right. You Are you a football expert? Not you. You are a football expert. I watch quite a bit. No, you are a football expert. But there are plenty of people out there who will comment, oh, he sucks. You don't know he sucks. You don't know why. Maybe his receivers run shitty routes. That, that you, but now you have to say, oh, they suck. Ah! Yeah. I got I got a comment in the, sec, in, the, in the comment section of the New York Post about how shitty the Giants are. But, and- but we, know he, we know they suck. But I think people want to understand why. What's the reason? I mean, why aren't we making adjustments? Why... Do we keep seeing the same thing? But don't you think that that part of I think I think maybe sp- you're onto something. I think maybe sports talk, which has been around a little bit longer than the civil disobedience or civil disobedience. Has it ever been civil, civil though? Has there ever really sports been talk? civil sports talk? No, and that's part of my point. Yeah, sports is emotion because if you don't play, don't or if not that you don't understand the game, but if you haven't played, if you really. Especially with the team sport, there's so many. Look at the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. They they are the yeah, this backup quarterback now is not in for Dak, right? And they're winning, mm-hmm. but they're like this quarterback's not very good. But but he's winning. Mm-hmm. And I I think 
that would we don't comprehend and and not only as uh observers but as coaches as players is what what is the impact of having that backup quarterback in for a seven-year starter? Do they win because everybody on that team then feels like, I've got to pick it up. I've got to do more because there's no way this quarterback's going to do it on his own. But when Dak comes back, now everybody just say, okay, whew, thank God he's back. I don't have to put it out like I did. <laughs> go back to sucking. No, not go back to sucking. <laughs> but I don't have to feel like I need to do 110%. Right. I just got to dial it back to 100%. Of my role, whereas if he's not there, I feel like I get so the team Which as is a the whole biggest performs load of better. Bullshit. I just want to say that you can only give a hundred percent. So really, what they're doing is they're, they're giving a hundred percent. They're giving a little less than a hundred percent. Okay, index. fair enough. I agree with that. But what, which why? But don't you think that's human emotion? Like where you are like well, okay. well because we're rooted in the teams that we root for, right? I'm not talking about that. Well, I'm, I'm just saying about. it doesn't matter what you say. You know, I am not going to start rooting for the Giants just because you're a Giants fan. But isn't it funny? Isn't it funny that now teams, especially with free agency, all we do now is root for laundry. We don't root for teams. No, you're right. We root for laundry. Oh, I love my colored jerseys. <laughs> That's all we root for. Every day, every lineups turn over all the time. No, they do. Yeah, it's not like the old that we were growing up and you had a team and they stayed in that team forever and you and, and you and you suffered with those teams. Those guys got older. Your team sucked. Oh. And you, but you, you, dude, I but grew you up a them. Tampa Bay Buccaneer, guys. Buccaneer fan. You were invested in the players as much as you were invested in the team. Now you're just invested in the team mostly. And they sucked for a better part of a decade coming, you know, because when new teams came, new franchises, they, you know, they didn't get a bunch of first round draft picks. And what, there what was our, no free agency. They had to take cast But look at the, di- look at the difference in the way. My, our kids root for teams versus the way we root. We rooted for teams because we grew up there. Right. With the advent of national media, national media, you could watch Alabama play every Sunday damn ticket. Day. You could watch your so game. A kid that grows up in Phoenix, Arizona, can become an Alabama Crimson Tide fan, having never been associated That's with right. that program, but be able to watch the game and That's follow right. the media that surrounds that's right. that. So program. I fall in love with the team. Yeah. The other thing that happened was I fall in love with a team that's not my own. Yeah. Right. They, they, or quote unquote my own from my region. Yeah. Because they were successful. So now, yeah. now I can root. Think about this. I just fucking came up with this. Now, as a child, I only have to root for the winners. Yeah. Because I get to see them. But I, <laughs> again, I, I feel like. So the, I think people are angry. I think they're not listening. And when you have that combination, you're going to get, you're going to get people who are incapable. So, but let's go back to the not listening piece, okay. because I think that social media plays a big role in that. Because you want to have a voice, especially if a topic becomes a hot topic. You want to have a voice in that. If you don't have the knowledge base. If you don't have the work ethic to do the due diligence on figuring out what the actual topic is and what the ramifications are, yes, then but you want to be a part of it. Now you just got to start screaming. Just want to say your piece. You you start screaming. About, You're a race. You're a xenophobe. And blah, blah. we didn't even fucking hear xenophobe but the thi- until like four no, years I don't. Ago. Even, I'm not even really sure what it is. But You're, with with social media, you, you don't have to listen. It's a one-way right. deal. That's I don't right. even have to read your response. I'm just going to 
put out what I have to say. Even if I don't understand the topic. Yeah, I'm still going to say. How many times does that happen on Twitter, right? Where a lot. A celebrity yeah. responds to something. There was something the other day. Yeah, it's just, it's not, it's not discourse. It's a one way. Uh, I'm going to virtue signal. It's, what it is, it's, it's a, it's a digital shit. It's what it is. I'm not really sure. I know what I'm talking about, but I'm going to take a shit on this topic. I'm going to take a stand even though I don't understand it. Here you go. Everybody, look at my shit. You know, and then, and it enrages people, right? Because, I don't know. And if you try to, but if you try to have a discussion with that person, because they don't have that knowledge, and they have taken this stance, now they have to justify it, but they have no ability to justify it, so now they just have to scream louder. Twitter is the worst. It rhymes with shitter because you're taking a digital shit. Yeah. That's what it is. Did you just make that up? I just did. I just came up with that. Shitter. We're gonna we're gonna have a new let's let's start a new company for uh let's just call Twitter Shitter. Sorry, Elon. Shitter. Yeah. Did you read his his sheet? Elon's? <laughs> his sheet? Oh his sheet. <laughs> and you got me there. Yeah. So, yeah, I so, think we've solved the fact that nobody listens. Thank you. And, yeah, I think. That concludes today's show. Well, I mean, what can we do? Can we start? I mean. Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I hope that. I think we can get that back. I mean, it, I, I've done it in my own marriage. Where um, we we have such a great time together, she and I. Mm-hmm. Like, I get mad when we get on the couch and we just start. We. We. You start watching a show, watching the news, or a movie, pick a movie, and I'm just like, "This is fine. That's a good movie." But we have such a better time when we just engage each other. Right. So now we'll do our little ritual, eat, get caught up on current events, and then it's just us. Like we turn everything else off and just hang out together, and it has been the best thing because we're we're talking. Yeah. And that's what we've lost. Even. Well, it depends. You know, like some like it. I know that. People that are, you know, extroverts, they need that quiet, that time. Where extroverts or introverts? When they're an extrovert, to recharge, you do oh. the opposite. You don't, you don't. Yeah, but I'm an extrovert. Okay, but I'm not, I'm not saying, well, I'm not necessarily. I, but there were times, like I like. I'm just saying sometimes. I like, I like need, to come down, I like the, the commute home. I yeah. guess it lets me, you know, yeah. de- detox a little bit yeah. <laughs> from work. But when I'm home with her, I want to talk to her. People I I I have um, an emotional connection to, I want to have that discourse. So I want, I, I agree. I, I hear what you're saying. And I think the answer is something answers? that you, something that you said earlier. I never promised answers. I know. I know we didn't, we don't ever promise answers. We just promise to talk shit about stuff. Um, I think you said you have to acknowledge that maybe you don't have all the answers or I may be, I may not be right. And if you engage in discourse with that thought that I don't have all the answers, maybe I can learn something depends on the emotion. You may not be able to rationalize that in your head when you're engaged in, in discourse and say, Hey, maybe I'll learn something if I listen. But I think if we go into these things, Knowing we don't have all the answers and and looking for answers. If you're looking for answers, then you're going to listen. Right. But yeah. if, if all that you are concerned with is is proving your point, taking your digital shit on whatever topic it is, then 
you know what, the world would be a better place if you just didn't engage, you know, because we're not learning anything new from your opinion. If you're, I mean, I, I maybe I shouldn't say that, um, but I, I feel like it's, it's a better world when we're able to hear what other people have to say and maybe try and take something from that, have an open mind. And I feel like we've lost that somehow. I don't, um, I don't, we think don't respect each other we, we, enough to listen. That's that's probably it, too. You know, there's certainly a lack of respect out there. And and again, I I feel like it's because there's a lot of hatred out there. There's a lot of disconnect between people. And I and I think today I've tried to try and examine why are we angry? You know, I don't want to be angry. I don't I don't feel like, you know, honestly, I, I, I think it's ridiculous when we talk about stamping out hate because, you know, hate is an emotion. And, and then, OK, let's say we eliminate hate. What's next? What's are we going to get rid of sadness too? And I've, I just feel like when you get get rid of when you when you try to eliminate emotions, you can't. You can, and that, and maybe that is one of the problems. You can never eliminate emotion. Something is always going to be emotional. The only thing that, as a, as a species, that we can really ever do is control how we react to that emotion. You're going to have the emotion. You can't control whether or not you have an emotion. You're going to have an emotional but that's, response. That's not what they're trying to do there. They're trying to control other people's emotions. They're trying to say, you cannot hate. Well, and that's where we've gotten... You're right. Because you, we, we, we have gotten to the point where we're going to tell you how you should think. That's a very dangerous precipice. We need to, we need to talk about that in another podcast because I think... That's a huge topic that we need to address. And people telling you what you should think. Yeah. Yeah. It's or th- how you but should it, but I think it's all part of this. Yeah. I think it's all part of the discourse. And whether or not whether or not we have basic freedoms in this country to do, you know, to behave the way we want to behave and think the things we want to think and say the things we want to say. That's what I, makes the country unique. But I think we're But you we're, have to be responsible. Yeah, I agree. You have to be responsible. And I honestly, I don't know that I necessarily need to hear everything everyone wants to say, you know. No, no, you don't have to hear. You don't have to hear or even listen to anything anybody wants to say. But they should be allowed to say it. Should they? Yes. Well, I think that's part of the problem, though. I mean, that's what we're talking about. Yeah, No, because we're just trying to eliminate. But if it's hate speech, you're not allowed to say it. So I think we're trying to close out this topic. um, And I think. I think this topic leads into a bunch of other topics. It really does. I think what it comes down to is we need we need to try and be more open-minded, admit that we don't have all the facts, we don't know it all, and we could possibly learn something if we just listened. And, I mean, I, it, honestly, I think one of the reasons why you and I have such good discourse is because I think you have some really good opinions, and I and I um, I wouldn't say that you influence me, but you certainly could. I mean, I, I you influence me. Well, I'm open to hear what you have to say. I love a different viewpoint. I do too, and I and I, I th- need it. Um, I think we all do, and I think I think at its root, we need to start just understanding that there is value. Like I used to think, the whole idea of diversity at work was a bunch of 
hooey that we don't. But it's not. It's not true. What what you get with diversity is you get a bunch of different ideas. And when you have a bunch of different ideas, you get a bunch of different solutions to the same problems you've been working on. And it does it does create, you know, interesting solutions. And it is helpful. But you have to be open to it, too. So uh, diversity of opinion is is important. I think the the problem becomes that the the opinion became only diverse opinions mattered. Yeah, you're right. And that and that's an issue because why can't an I don't know what undiverse means, but why why can't a white guy have an opinion that who's an American that Makes oh, sense. Okay, I, I I think I touched a button. No, 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 no. no. And you, I, you I didn't mean to. I just wanted no, to but say. Because I think I think language is important, though, right? I think language is important. Of course, it is. But because because we do look for this diversity of opinion. I'm all for diversity of opinion, but diversity of opinion has become to mean something else now. Diversity of opinion means I need to have a different race's opinion. I need to have a different gender's opinion. Not I just need to have a different opinion. Because that's really what diversity of opinion meant was but that's, uh, differing opinions, not not shoehorned into these categories of we need this opinion, we need this opinion. We don't need to listen to this opinion because they don't matter. I see what you're saying, but I will tell you that bringing in the diverse cultures and the different genders, that is, that. that is how you will get those diverse opinions, though. Because you cannot... No, that's not true, Mike. It is absolutely it, true. No, no, no. You're getting diverse opinions. I could go I could go down to a white guy in Nebraska working a farm right now and get a very diverse opinion than what you and I have. It's not just about other countries and I'm about other religions. I'm not saying that it's only there. I'm cultures. saying that that's the starting place to get those diverse opinions. Why is it the starting place? Because it's another place. It's not the starting place. Sure it is. First of all, if, way, if we took diverse, if okay. we took diverse opinions out of Americans, you don't think Americans have diverse opinions? No, I think they do. Or diverse ideas. But how are you going to segregate those opinions so that you I'm know you're getting them. a diversity of opinions? I opinion. am not segregating. You did. I'm no, no, saying no, no. I'm this not is part of the diversity. My point is, how can you say this is the way you get diverse opinions by? You know, you the way you get them. I didn't say that. You said it. I know. I'm saying. I'm saying that's where you start. Why do you start in another country? Why can't I get a diverse opinion? I'm not here? saying you start work in the lower concentric circles. And I'm work not your saying way you out. start in a different. You don't think you that there's different ethnicities and different races and different of genders. Are. In this we are the great melting pot, right? So you're, you're, you're the one that went overseas, so not me. My, my point: <laughs> go overseas. I'm saying you start with a diverse work culture to get diverse ideas. That's that's where it starts. Now they, you know what, and they but may all went, come in, and they may all be. What do you mean they? Who's they? Conservative Who's, Republicans. Who are they? The diverse, the, the diverse, diverse people are all conservative Republicans. And that's I'm just saying they could workforce. be. Uh, my point is, is that you can start at least you can start to address the idea of diverse opinions by bringing in a diverse culture, a work culture. Right? I, yeah, I'm not you arguing could, with that. But you it, said overseas. It's not a guarantee. No, I didn't say overseas. You said other countries. Okay, maybe maybe I did say other countries. Yeah. I, what I meant was well, we're we're almost a peninsula. Okay, kind of sort of. we're not really a peninsula, but we're surrounded. My point was to get diverse opinions. You start by bringing in a diverse workforce because a diverse workforce, all all four. But I'm not. You you may not get where you want to get because, like I said, they could all end up being conservative Republicans. 
And they may all have this idea that, you know, it depends on what you're looking for, right? I'm just. Is I, it different? All right. No, let, me, let me play devil's advocate here. I'm just using it as an example. No, let, me, let me play. Don't let, jump in. Uh, I, <laughs> this is a very shallow pool. <laughs> I guess you get off the dirt diving board. Yeah, you just, there's no diving board. There's no deep end. It's three inches everywhere. No, I'm just saying, you know, it's good to have diverse ideas. It's good to be open. And the way that you get... What a hot sports opinion. It's well, good to have diverse ideas. It is. I mean, That's not a hot sports opinion. It's not. No. It's, it's common sense. But my point is... <laughs> my point is, is that not all people can handle diverse opinions. Diverse ideas. They want, they want, right. they want people aligned to their stance. But the problem is there's no openness. There's no open-mindedness. They're not listening. They're not willing to admit that perhaps they're wrong. And that's what, what my point is. Is that if you go in and think, hey, I might learn something here then you're more more apt to listen you're you're more apt to take in what somebody else says and try and and understand their point of view from where they're sitting right what if i told you that one of the most diverse organizations that there is is also one of the most stringent i would say that uh, could possibly be true i don't know depends i i, I don't ready, i don't you ready for the example yeah sure and, it, and and there will be people who do not believe this. The United States military. You have the most diverse workforce out of any organization in the world. But I would say that they don't necessarily encourage you to express your opinions. But it's but that's not true. That is not true. So you have to Private. follow rules. Go no, 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 no. That floor doesn't need mopping. I, see, but I think, <laughs> I think, I think one of the things Just expressing that, my opinions, Sergeant. I, yeah, <laughs> I, you're right. That there is an element of that, but but it is a very diverse organization. Oh, I'm sure it is. Tremendously diverse. I'm, I, I'm sure it is. What I'm telling you though is they don't encourage open and diverse communication. They they want you know it's. It's, the, it's the very top-down conversation. I, sure. I should say, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about you because don't. I've never been in the I'm military. But I have seen shows where, you know, like the military is represented in like a TV show or something. And, oh. Oh, yeah. So well, let me tell you. Let me hear about this. Let me tell you my opinion. Let me tell you how the military. Tell so, me how the military works. I well, I, I think uh, <laughs> shit flows downhill. And, yeah. you know. As it does everywhere else. And I don't think that they encourage, you know, the people at the bottom of the hill to shout upwards how how they're dissatisfied with you know the flavor of the shit that's rolling down. So let me tell you why the United States military is the best military in the world. All right. Not let's take Russia. Uh, no, let me let's take Russia for example. Okay. Russia at least at the time that I was in Schweine, Russia was the Force to be reckoned with, right? They were our number one enemy. They were our nemesis. Our nemesis. Ru the way Russia's military is set up, they work on a conscript basis. And what that means is that everybody has to serve in the military. At some point, young males this age to this age have to serve the military. They do two, three years, and then they're out, and they go back do whatever they were doing, much like our Congress should have been. The United States military is different. You can be a career military guy, right? It's all mm -hmm. volunteer. Yeah. The, 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 when shit hits the fan and we go to war and we're at battle, let's just say battle at sea, for example, 
and a missile hits a boat and it takes out their officers because the officers are the only ones that are always there. Conscripts turn over. Mm -hmm. Conscripts are the mop pushers. They are the guys who just do the menial tasks and labor. The officers are the experts at fighting the ship. A lot less of them. You take out one of their officers, all the enlisted guys are sitting around with their hands up doing a seaman salute going, I don't know what to do. In the United States military, it's different. Officers kind of are the game. I was going to say something about the seaman salute, but yeah, I'm sure <laughs> the officers too are, easy are the game managers for the most part. I mean, mm-hmm. they drive strategy and all that too. But are there any heterosexual managers? But yes, of course. Okay. Um, but the enlisted guys are the ones working the weapon systems and stuff. Officer goes down. These guys still know what to do. A lot of them know more what to do because of how we set it up for this diverse culture to advance throughout the military. And you then can become a, you know, you go in from seaman, as you like to say, to a petty officer, to a chief, to Warner. I mean, you can advance, right? Mm-hmm. So there are, it's a meritocracy too. But you have to follow rules. You have to you have to be a member of society, a, a a a contributing member. Can your voice be heard? Yeah, you can have a discussion with your your um, chief petty officer. You can have a discussion with your division officer. You can make your feelings known. At the end of the day, the mission comes first. Mm-hmm. So, the diversity that you lend may help me make a decision. But at the end of the day, I have to make a decision based on all of the information I have. That I'm hopefully I'm I'm gaining my information from the people I'm talking with because my people they're the experts. I'm not the expert. My people are because they they've dealt with these weapon systems for 10, 15 years. Gotcha. So their diversity of opinion is appreciated by, by a good officer. Sure. Okay. That's how the military is supposed to work. Yeah. So I stand corrected. I don't know about that. Well, but I mean, there's, there's, there is still this top down. Well, yeah. At the end of the day, but it, that's in an organization too. At the end of the day, oh, absolutely. Somebody has to make the decision. No, there's a chain of command in, in most businesses, right? In, in every business. Yeah. Somebody makes, at the end of the day, somebody has to make a decision. Yeah. Yeah. Story. No, that's, uh, that's good. All right. So, uh, you know, if you want to have an open and honest dialogue, join the military. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> You've been listening to the Let Me Ask You This podcast. Tune in next time to hear the boys talk shit about some stuff. Talk to you soon.